The Alternative Sports Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the news on those lesser-covered sports. Episode 9 of the Alternative Sports Podcast, and today is a big preview show of the Cheltenham Festival, which kicks off next Tuesday. I'm joined by James and Toby today. Good to be here. James's first podcast. That's it, my first podcast. Love it, love it. (laughs) So we'll just uh, talk about the general scope of the festival at the moment. There's fears it could be cancelled. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is slightly faded over the past couple of days, but there's a pretty intense fear uh, that has been for a couple of weeks now that coronavirus and the effect that that's having on the global sporting calendar. We've already seen, obviously, the Chinese Grand Prix has been postponed. Uh, Italy versus England, uh, I think it's either been postponed or going to be played behind yeah. closed doors. Closed. Ireland versus Italy in the rugby has been postponed as well. So there's been various spectator events that have been cancelled. And Obviously, Cheltenham is a global event and over 100,000 spectators expected across the four days many of those will be coming from countries around the world so you can see why they're concerned about it but I think at one point was it two to one the odds that the festival was going to be cancelled lower than that at yeah one point. I think yeah it did on the uh, I can't remember who was putting it I think it was Betway but the odds went lower I think than two to one at one point people would, a lot of people on Twitter were talking a lot of people who are high up in the racing world were talking about the fact that it could be off um, to a lot of punters disgust however Thankfully, it does look like it's going ahead, doesn't it? I mean, things like Royal Ascot in the summer, they look pretty uh, nervy, I think, about whether that's going to go ahead because that's even more a global event than, than Cheltenham. But well, I think there's probably more likely yeah. that that's going to be cancelled because Absolutely. aren't they saying that the 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 virus is going to be a lot there's going to be a lot more prevalent in people around that sort of time of year. Mm, well, that's what they're saying. I mean, it might be helped by summer, mightn't it? But I think there's a, a strong possibility that, that could be cancelled. And obviously, just on the sports podcast, that there's um, quite a high possibility the Olympics as well. Could yeah, be the cancelled. Euros and the Euros and the Euros. Yeah. Only in France last week they banned meetings of more than five thousand people. So mm. if that was the UK. That's Chelsea. Think how many te- there's a couple. Was it Newcastle who banned uh, banned handshakes yeah, to their ground to stop yeah. the. Uh, Stop the and, spread. And Switzerland have got less cases than us, and they've already yeah, banned they the all bands, sporting yeah. events of over a thousand. I think we're lucky that we're a, we're an island, but yeah, it mm. should. As it stands, it's looking like it's going to go ahead. So next Tuesday it kicks off. Do you want to talk about the first races? Yes, the opening race of the festival always uh, a big betting race, and one that a lot of people love to get involved in. And the bookmakers obviously do their their big deals to try and entice people in for the first race. What's Sky Bet got on at the moment? Yes. They've got a deal. What's that? Is it well? I don't want to plug them too heavily on the podcast. We don't want to be seen too favouritism. But I think there's uh, they're offering money back, and there's various other um, bookmakers offering money back as well. But um, yes, uh, quite a hotly contested one to start off with, aren't we? Um, if I just run you through how they bet for the Supreme Novices Hurdle, the favourite is Nicky Henderson's Shishkin, uh, five to two. And these odds are general with most bookmakers. Asterion for Lange, one that I quite fancy, is at 10 to 3. Then Envoy LN, 9 to 4. Abracadabra, 9 to 4. Filler on the Roof, which is another one that a lot of people quite fancy, at 6 to 1. And then we have Chantry House at 7 to 1. So the, those are the main players in the Supreme. Where are you on this one, James? Um, well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this Asterion for Lange. Um, I think. I think... Personally, I've got two horses that I'm siding with. One is Asterion Fulange and one is Abacadabra. I just think that uh, 
I think Shishkin's been massively overhyped in the run-up to the festival. Doesn't really seem to have beaten a lot. In fact, that would actually be Malay, as well as another horse called Champ. Um, so I've actually got two bets down for that race. Um, Asterion for Longe and Abracadabra, as of yet. You're um, loving pronouncing that, aren't you? <laughs> we'll just say gamble responsibly. Yes, yes, gamble responsibly, and we're, we're not responsible for anybody's losses or anything like that. But we'll Have fun. We have, a, we have our selections, yeah. Uh, Shishkin, interesting that he is still favourite, but a lot of people are um, opposing him, and you won't find many top tipsters who are actually supporting Shishkin, even though he's at the head of the market. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if Asterion Falange goes off favourite uh, for this one. And he, he is my fancy for it as well. Uh, I think he's got better form than Shishkin. He's beaten more than Shishkin. Uh, and I think if Asterion Falange was trained by Nicky Henderson, he'd certainly be the favourite right now. The other one I'd just like to mention is Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, mm. He's won grade ones before, which some of the others haven't. And I always think that's important in a, in a novice's hurdle experience can count uh, and Fiddler on the Roof has experience I think 6-1 to one in this field is a big price um, and I tempt in each way so I've been doing uh, been doing my looks on, on Twitter at what people are saying around social media and people have been saying the wetter it gets um, the more boggy it gets Fiddler on the Roof is looking like mm. a much better option than a lot of the others especially with going, going on what you've said with the grade 1 um, grade one wins already. I definitely think that looks like a looks mm. like a good tip for the first race of the festival. Well, I was disappointed with was uh, Janadil, which was a outsider that I quite fancied for this one at twenty five, but he's just been withdrawn unfortunately. So uh, I've lost the um, initiative on that one. But just yeah, hoping I think for uh, a steering Falange to come through and give us a, a first win at the start of the festival. I think. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier Envoy Olen is also yes. has a place um, in the race. However, I think he'll go to which race is he going to? I can't remember what it was now. Um, he's been tipped for one of the other hurdles. Yeah, I think he's, he? he's going off favourite for it's the Ballymore Novices. That's right. So, I, and I, I think that's got to be my better the better the day for that one. Right. You yeah. mentioned about uh, the track conditions there. Just how much of a difference is that going to make for some of these races? Do you reckon? In, your opinion well the sh general rule i think is the shorter the distance the more of an effect it's going to have um in terms of the races uh there's certain ones like the cross country which is a massive slog anyway so it doesn't really matter whether it's in bottomless ground or fast ground you, you've got to be a true stayer to get through that anyway but ones like the supreme there will be I always tend to think, maybe this is a naive thing to say, but I always tend to think that softer ground favours the Irish horses because the Irish tracks tend to be a bit more demanding of stamina um, and the Irish horses tend to be a bit more hardy and that's a massive generalisation because there are obviously some incredible hardy British horses as well but I just think sometimes the softer ground favours the Irish. And I think that it does have an effect, obviously. However... As we've seen this year, we've had a huge amounts of rain since since the season started, haven't we? Um, mm. Since the jump season started, we've had a lot of rain, and I, I think going on, going on form, it's not really going to change anything because obviously we've had the rain already. It's the same same. It's been sort here for of, a while, yeah. Exactly, it's the same sort of weather we've been seeing for the, for the the for what we've had of the jump season already. So, I think, I think people people will be siding with horses who have 
been consistent in this jump period. And just one stat to add on this one, which is that six of the last seven winners of the Supreme Novices Hurdle were in the first three of the pre-race betting market. So you've really got to be looking at the top of the market for this one. And it, it's not a race for outsiders, really. And, and I think, as we say, Asturian for launch, currently the second favourite. Uh, and Fiddler on the Roof, I think, currently the third favourite. So they're the two that I think we're looking at. Okay, so that's all the day one covered, is it, for the... Well, the the second race that I think we want to touch on is the Arkle um, uh, Challenge Trophy, and that's the one for novice chasers as opposed to novice hurdlers. Again, another big betting race, and I'll um, run you through the head of the market for that one. The favourite is Notebook at 5-2, to two, who won the Irish Arkle very recently. Uh, second favourite is Fakir Dudari, uh, French horse, lovely names, nine to two, brewing up a storm at eleven to two, cash back the runner-up in the Irish Arkle six to one, uh, and then ten to one is Mare Banri. I hope I pronounced that right. So they're they're the leading players. Um, I don't know where you stand on this one, James. I, I watched the Irish Arkle on YouTube a couple of days ago which Notebook and Cashback had a pretty thrilling battle in, which Notebook came out victorious in. And I just wonder how much that race has taken out of those two players. You say that, I think this, I think, I think Notebook's got the win. I think Do you? Personally. I don't know if Notebook's going to go for that race. I, I think he might have been entered for two. Yeah, um, th- this is this is part of the this is general the, yeah, issue, isn't this it? This is the problem with anti-post, anti-post yeah. preview tipping. I mean, you see sort of... Uh, podcasts or YouTube videos like this six months in advance where people will be talking about it but now what are we uh, five days till five, the festival I think uh, and we yeah. still don't know and they don't have to cases. declare until they don't, 48 hours yeah, that's right, the yeah. do they so, so we better stab in the dark in some cases yeah I mean we can see what how certain things yeah. are going to play out but I I think I think Notebook will go for this one personally um, I, I think he's won the Irish Arkle I think this this will be the race they'll go for but I'm concerned that that was a really thrilling battle and I'm concerned that that's taken too much out of those two players. My uh, bet for this one, or my selection rather, would be Fakir Doudari. Um, French horse who... Uh, a French horse won this race last year. That was Duke de Genevra. Um, and I, the French tend to go well here um, in this particular race. Uh, although that said, just on cash back... Willie Mullins has trained four of the last five winners of this race, and Cashback is his entry in this year's renewal. So I wouldn't rule Cashback out, but for me, Fakidou Dori, slick jumping, he's got a, a really nice turn of foot on him, and uh, just seems like a really good character, uh, which is what you need for at the arc, or you don't want something jittery. Um, so I'd be confident with him. I think I'd, I think I'd, be, I'd stick with Notebook for this race. Um, Always, it's nothing. Never does anything, anything special particularly. Always just manages to do enough, I think. And I think, like you said, in a race like this, I think you've just got to keep plodding along. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think Notebook's got to be my uh, my choice. One other one just to mention on this one is Brewing Up a Storm. Um, I think as well. Uh, could be underestimated. He's won two quality novice chases over similar trips so far this season. So, one perhaps while everybody's focusing on the front three at the market, and rightly so, I don't think we should rule out brewing up a storm either. 
Uh, and then we just wanted to briefly touch on a couple of other races, didn't we, as uh, regards the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ultima. Yep, the Ultima Handicap Chase, uh, which is the first handicap chase of the festival and probably the hardest race out of all of them, I think, to call. Uh, so uh, just a couple of possible selections for this one. Uh, I haven't got the odds on me for this race, but the market leader at the moment is a horse called Vindication, uh, who won a high-class handicap at Ascot earlier this season. I think you can get him at six to one. I really like this horse, Vindication, and it's—I know it's a bit boring to be a favourite backer on these types of stuff, and people want a long price selection. But on this race, I wouldn't look for much further past the uh, the market leader. But a couple of the other ones, Beware the Bear, won this race last year. Again, a great name, and I like him to go for another big price uh, and another big run. And Lakeview Lad is another one. Disappointed in the Grand National last year, uh, but he's decent weight for this, and I think he'll suit this race and suit conditions as well. Have you got any selections? For I Ultima? can't say I've uh, I've actually know know too much about this race, so I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna put my uh, take on it. So. And just on two others, did you want to mention anything about the Mayor's Hurdle or the Champion Hurdle uh, as well? Mayor's Hurdle, I remember we talked about Benny Did You, didn't we, and, and Honeysuckle. I think I think Benny uh, is going to win that race. I think that's got to be one of my bankers of the festival, in fact. Um, I, th- I think it, it, it beats Honeysuckle. I think I think it's just a much better horse, to be honest with you. But there's um, something about there's this irony, isn't there, that the Mayor's Hurdle is a better race than the Champion Hurdle this season. And both of the Mayors, I think if Benny Did You goes in the um, Champion Hurdle, probably wins that as well that's the thing whereas i think it probably wins i think it probably wins in the mares easier mm. um so i think that's probably why connections are taking it to that race um still got the entries for both of them hasn't it i think so mm. yeah it has yeah i mean anything could happen like we were saying it's kind of a lottery at this point um, yeah and speaking of lotteries, the uh, champion hurdle is a massive lottery as well. Mm, that's probably uh, the biggest race in the festival, I'd say. Well, it might well be, but other than the Gold Cup, of course. But I don't think either of us are particularly keen to uh, make any firm views on Go that on, one. if you had to have your say. Well, it's an absolute minefield, the champion hurdle. Um, and it would probably be, if I was advising people to avoid one race betting on of the day, it would be probably that one, even though it's the feature race. Um quite like fusel raffles 16 to 1 but that's really just a little bit of a punt based upon what I've seen before I, I wouldn't go with that with any confidence and, and I'd uh, take a v- wide variety of views from different people if you were going to have a bet on in that race I'd say I think I'll, uh, I'll pass on that one as well I don't think I'm going to don't think I'm going to tip anything up I think that's it for day one so <clears throat> I'll just split it up between the days so it's not just a day one day two thing what's your experience of Cheltenham Eve have you been before I haven't, unfortunately. I know you have. But Only working yeah. there, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd love to go there. What was it like? As a punter. Is it good? Yeah, you get. Well, it's was, was only working as a agency staff behind the bar, but it was good. You get. We got to catch uh, some of the races. Luckily, you could just about see it, and you'd certainly get offered a few tips of the white stuff. Well, you had a you had a disappointing experience. I don't mean to bring back bad memories, but a disappointing experience. Oh, in, the in, Gold t- Cup in terms last of betting, year. yeah, falling at the first hurdle, but then. Uh, I don't really know too much about horse racing. It's usually just picking kind of names I've seen before and become familiar with. Mm. Well, hopefully we'll be able to give you some uh, yeah, I'll, better I'll, tips. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be listening back to this when it comes to day one of the festival. How about yeah. you, you've got quite a few mates that enjoy it as well, haven't you? Have you got any, any plans for an expedition? Well, the, the problem is it's so expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, even, if you, even if you're not staying up there, um, 
I think I saw something on Twitter the other day. Someone was talking about staying, staying there. Um, a, a, like food, drinks when you're there. The actual pass to get there. He was paying something like something ridiculous of like three, four hundred pounds just for that. I think it was more, maybe. I think the economic because obviously they bump they bump up the accommodation yeah. around Cheltenham mm. Festival. Well, it's not much there as well. It's not the biggest area of Cheltenham, and it's quite awkward to get to as well yeah. in terms what of infrastructure. You what were you doing? I was just working there, so were we you, had to get. Were you staying there? No, we had to get a coach from here at half four in the morning, and then you get back for around midnight, and you could do it all again the next day mm. if you wanted. But uh, how many days? Did I you only do done that? two days, but it was split up, so I had a gap in between. Mm. That is a good laugh. Though. Yeah, yeah the, thing the, money. I ne- the thing I never understand that obviously when you're working this is different but for people who are guests there who pay all that money and then they just sit in the tent or whatever or in the bar and watch mm. the races on a TV screen you can go to any pub and do that you I, do I've get really some of those it, yeah. I don't understand it. Like I was in the mid-range uh, section I can't remember what it's called now you've got the the cheap rent tickets where it's just more massive bar than the slightly premium and the nice boxes and there's a lot of people even are it and that were doing that. They're just sitting there get pissed up. I think <laughs> they've been dragged there by their mates or if their missus has um, been brought along and they just want to get pissed up. Mm. That's it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay eighty quid for the privilege. I have to say. No. I know some people. Would. I've booked some horse racing coming up though, but it's only at Newbury, so not quite. Oh, yeah. Not quite the same. That'd we'll, be nice though. Yeah, we'll go to, back to Cheltenham though. So day two. What, <laughs> yes. What's the race you want to go the, with? The big race, uh, and it is the feature race. It's the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Always a massive race in the National Hunt calendar, and and, and the pinnacle for two mile chasers. This really focuses on three, doesn't it? And it's Definitely. it's a three 100%. way go on this one. Uh, quite a select field anyway for this. That we're not expecting many horses to run in this race, and we're expecting it really to come down to the three. So leading the market at this stage, and it's been toing and throwing. Uh, this one is Altior, who's won the last two, um, last two champion chases, but lost his cloak of invincibility, didn't he, against uh, Surname, who myself and James backed um, and were very happy to see. Uh, and that was, but that was over two and a half miles. He doesn't have to face Surname today but there's some suggestion that maybe he's not quite the horse he was and this is a much tougher race this year than he's had the last couple of years but he is the reigning champion he's the favorite at two to one Deffy Desoy uh, the principal challenger is also two to one so there's nothing to split them in the market third favorite the other one in this three-way go is is Chacan Poor Soir and then you've got to go all the way back to eight to one uh, for the next, which is Aplus Tard, who is also entered in the Ryanair, so he might not even go in this. No. And same true of the ten, next one, which is a ten to one shot Min. Uh, and then you're going right back to twenty to one for Politolog and thirty threes for So Royal. So, as I say, it really does concern these leading three, doesn't it? What, what's, what do you make of it? Um, like, like you've just mentioned, I think Altior. Uh, it's a lot of people's favourite because I think that's largely due to the fact that they've got um, a love for him um, for what he's done in the past. Obviously, he's still a great horse. However, I think on the day, my uh, my bet of the day would be um, Deffy Deffy Desoy to win. Uh, I think he I think he he'll he'll, he'll he'll be game up that hill at that long Cheltenham hill. Um, and I think Altior will in fact he'll hit his flat spot, and I think. I think he'll struggle to catch up with Deffy, especially if Deffy's a, Deffy's a couple of couple of um, lengths ahead of him on the last on the last jump. I think he'll, he'll get his head down and he'll, he'll get the job done. Um, Gordon Elliott's horse is it's no, not Gordon Elliott's horse. Sorry, um, I can't remember. Who's uh, 
Either way, either way, I think Deffy wins. I don't really know too much about, um, how do you pronounce it? Check and pour That's soir. the one. See, I've, I have I've had a lot of people are tipping him for this race. Mm. Um, obviously, the main two are Altior and Deffy, but yeah. I think... I couldn't really tell you much about. I couldn't tell you much about that horse. Is so. it? Well, I, I couldn't either. I mean, all of all of his forms in Ireland, so he's a bit of an unknown entity for this one. But um, I what, think that I think that, like before you mentioned, I think um, I said Aplu Todd. Mm. I think he'll go for the Ryanair. For Ryanair. Um, and I think that Min. I'm not sure what ra- other race he was entered into. At Ryanair. Is it the Ryanair yeah, as well? And I think go. that one's going to be fought between those two anyway. So I think those two will go to the Ryanair, and I think it will come down to the. The three horses who are at the top of the market. Um, And the other two, just to mention them, Politilog and and So Royal, uh, both good horses in their own right, but So Royal's been beaten by Altior, I think, more more times than I can count. Uh, And Politilog did well last year, but was beaten by Altior in a weaker race, and I I can't see him featuring in the frame either. So, as you say, it really is between three. And I'm with you, James. I would go Deffy Desoy as well. my only slight concern is that he hasn't been tested at this speed yet. You know, the, the champion chase is, is a race like no other, really, in terms of the speed that it's run at. And you've got to be a great jumper because one mistake finds you out. And the even great horses we've seen down there is Corto Star fell in the champion chase, Moscow Flyer fell in the champion chase. But part of me thinks it would be great to see Altior do it, wouldn't it? Because we were talking before, um, no horse, I think, has won three Queen Mother Champion Chases since Badsworth Boy in the 1950s and we've seen some greats some absolute greats of the game Masterminded, Sprinter Sacra, Moscow Flyer only ever won two so if Altior can win three that would be quite something It would be some mean feat however like we've both said I think I'm really siding with Deffy on this one I really like Mm. Deffy as a horse Um, not the biggest but no. always, always gets his got, head down and gets a neck in front. He's a, a bit of an odd one to watch because he's got one of the biggest in terms of frame jockeys, uh, Barry Geraghty, um, but he's one of the smallest horses, mm. so it kind of looks a little bit awkward when yeah, he's riding him. Well, but, let's hope Barry gets but, him over. Well, Barry rode Moscow Flyer to victories as well. He's, he's um, one of the most experienced jockeys in the weighing room, so I wouldn't uh, put anything negative on him. But... As I say, it's going to be a tight one, and I think it, it, we'll be waiting with bated breath, won't we, for that one? Absolutely. Yeah. So that concludes it for the second day, isn't it? Yep. I th- oh no, sorry. The one other one we want to talk about for the second day was the cross country, wasn't it? The cross country. Oh, yeah, um, we mentioned that before. Yes, uh, and this is a very interesting one I'll because let you start on this yes. one, Toby, because. I think uh, I think we both have a similar opinion on this. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> it's how a bit they, of rarity that. I'll tell you how they bet. We have Tiger Roll leading hey. the market. Yep, yeah, at ten to eleven on. And bear in mind, this is with five days to go. He's ten to eleven yeah. on. Then Easy Island. Oh, sorry, Easy Land. I, I should say. Can I just say that's easy money? Easy money there. Three to one. <laughs> not not for Easy Island. Three no, to no, one. No, 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 for Tiger Roll. <laughs> Three to one. And then third favourite. Is Mike Bite, who hasn't won for two years, and he's ten to one. Urgent de Gregan ten to one, and Yanworth twelves. So it's really concerning just the one horse, isn't it? And this is my banker for the festival. It's Tiger Roll ten to eleven on. He's won the last four times he's run at Cheltenham, four years in a row. He's won this race the last two years. It's not a handicap. They're not even really opposing him, a lot of trainers in this one, and it just seems to me almost like a foregone conclusion if he can get round. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think uh, 
is it Easy Land? I think he won he won a quite an impressive race um, when he was at Cheltenham last time, but I just don't see him having enough for for the likes of Tiger Roll. Tiger Roll obviously had that that pre uh, pre race. Yeah, the Boyne Hurdle. Was it, was it Leopardstown? No, it was at Navin, I think. Ah, uh, that's it. And uh, it was, I, th I think that was just a that was just a warm up for the race, really. I don't yeah. think he was going for the win at all there. Um, and I think that's going to set him up really nicely, actually. No, I absolutely agree. And and I think um, just looking at that race, it, to me, really, unless you're going to put money on Tiger Roll. Uh, it's not really a betting race for most people because there's not a lot of value in the market. The one that you might say is Urgent de Gregan at 10 to 1, possibly an each way chance because uh, he's he's got proven form in these types of races in that he gets round. Uh, but I don't think he was beaten, well beaten by Tiger Roll. They all were well beaten by Tiger Roll last year. So, uh, And Mike Bite, you know, really people clutching at straws with Mike Bite, I think. Um, gone at the game would be how I would describe him. So He'll probably go and win it now. But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see anyone um, troubling Tiger Roll in that one. That would be my uh, selection and, and yours as well, I think. Mm -hmm. So that concludes what would be the midway point of the mm -hmm. festival. Um, I was listening to TalkSport the other day and there was, there was having a bit of the discussion of whether they should introduce it to be a five-day festival rather than the current Tuesday to Friday format. Well, I'm just wondering what your thoughts yeah. are on that. It was originally a three-day festival, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. they introduced the fourth day, and there was some suggestion that that was diluting the quality. Um, but then you've got uh, Royal Ascot, which obviously is the, the principal festival for the flat, and that's a five-day festival. So I think a lot of Jumps fans are saying, well, if the flat can have five There's days... There's demand for it as well, isn't it? It sells out every yeah, day. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, it just depends what more what more you'd want for the uh, for the quality. Um, w would we be able to have enough quality races in that fifth day? Would we have to invent new races, and would that detract from the ones that we already have? So I think you could do it. You could split certain things up. Um, so, like for instance, I always think on day three. Um, you have quite a few races that are all of similar importance, so you could possibly split some of them up and, and make a fifth day up. Um, and the other thing is TV rights as well, isn't it? Because ICV only show the first five races of every day and then two extra ones are on Racing UK and on all the bookmakers' stuff as well. So whether the bookmakers would... Uh, would want to share the rights for that or how that would work, I'm not sure. But obviously the bookmakers want more races because yeah. that's more people more betting more. on them. What about you, James? I think it, it, it could unintentionally hamper the quality of racing. I think I think four days is enough. Um, I think I think with with the flat race, and I think you, I go as far as saying there's slightly more quality and depth. Um, you can you can look at an evening race card, um, even on the all weather at this time of year, and there'll be there'll be great horses running. Um, so I think keeping it as a four-day festival would probably be probably be best in terms of retaining quality of each day. Um, I think it would it also it would make it harder for punters as well because we, you you wouldn't know which day to go to, would you? As mm. as much you'd have a you'd have more choice, and I think that would make it slightly harder for some people, especially it would make it harder for those people who like going every day. They'd be spending a lot more money. <laughs> One thing I would like to see, and this is a gripe of mine, uh, and this is not just directed at Cheltenham because Aintree do it as well, is I would like the Gold Cup to be the last race of the festival. I always think the Gold I Cup is that. the pinnacle. Yeah. It's, and Aintree do the same with the Grand National, just as just an aside, but the Grand National is the pinnacle of their meeting, three-day meeting, 
Um, obviously always a fantastic spectacle. And then 40 minutes after the Grand National, they go off in a um, in another race, in a, in a uh, I think it's a novice jockey's race, uh, and it just feels like a complete anti-climax to weird, yeah. I would say sw- switch them round and have the Grand National as the last race festival, and the same true uh, for Cheltenham. Everything builds up towards the Gold Cup throughout the whole week. People talking about the mm. Gold Cup, and then you have three races after the Gold Cup. No one's interested in those. And no, everyone chips off even when working there. Oh, exactly. As soon as the Gold Cup goes, a lot. Well, not everyone, yeah. but a lot of people go. And and also a lot of people say um, you, you have the um, fifth race, which is on ITV as well. And you can tell ITV don't really want to show it. <laughs> they want to talk about the Gold Cup and yeah. interview the people related to the Gold Cup, but they have to show it because it's you know contractual. But no one's that interested in it. So it's um, I think it should be the last race of the festival and build, everything builds up to that oh, I think that's not a bad shout I think that'd be I think that'd be a lot more exciting for people watching it like you said it probably make more money from doing it, it that way mm. they would definitely would wouldn't they because people yeah. would stay people would yeah. I, I, uh, I think I think Toby might be right there I think you've hit the nail on the head no other sport does it where you've got the biggest event prior to other events it's always building up to mm, that big yeah. event any other sport but day three it's a Ryanair chase, the Michael O'Leary chase. Just to say, to me, it's like having the third place playoff after the World yeah. Cup final. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. No one's, I mean, no. no one's interested in the third place playoff anyway, but no. it doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Anyway, the Ryanair chase. Michael yes, O'Leary Michael too. O'Leary indeed, and he's been in the news again this for. week, hasn't he? You know, he's rarely out of the headlines, well, is he? Was he? In the, he was in the news for the whole Tiger Roll thing, wasn't he? Giving well, him yes. the, the top weight for the... Uh, yeah, we... Spoke, you yeah, spoke we did that, on yeah. the on podcast, and, and uh, him calling the handicapper, saying he was talking a load of rubbish, and he doesn't watch racing, and it was all a load of rubbish. He said, uh, but he um, actually won his own race. I mean, the Ryan Edge has been going for about sixteen years, I think, and he won it for the first time a couple of years ago. Uh, and I can't remember the horse's name now. That's a bit embarrassing. Do you, can you remember what the horse's name was, James? The won what? it a couple of years ago. Um, the, the Ryanair Chase beat under so uh, yeah, to win it. I can't remember uh, it's an Irish horse's name I'll, I'll look it up in a second but 2017 um, Ryanair chase winner uh, but here's how the market looks for the Ryanair uh, which we've mentioned at Aplutard uh, 9 to 4 favourite for this one Min 3 to 1 last year's winner Frodon 6 to 1 favourite Riders on the Storm at 8 uh, and Delta Work which we think might go in the Gold Cup. Yeah, I think it uh, might a sixteen to one chance. So, uh, how do you read that one, James? Uh, I think Aplutard, um being at the top of the top of the market, uh, I, I, th- I think he's got a, he's got a very good chance. Um, he's had a good build up to the festival. Um, however, I do like the look of Min. Uh, I wouldn't say he's beaten too much um, in recent years. However, I think he I think he you know, he might have a might have something to say about um, the winner of this race. You have to feel really sorry for Min, I think, because he he could have been a star, couldn't he? In a great, and unfortunately, he just walked into one um, in this. I think the Supreme, uh, which he ran in. He was beaten by Altior, who was obviously up and coming mm. at the time as well. He's since been beaten in two champion chases by Altior, and they just want to find something that he can win at, really, don't they? And well, I think he quietly might be a lot of people's uh, bet for this race. Mm. Um, but three to one, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that he's got every chance. Won um, over in Ireland recently as well, didn't he? I think he did. I think I also like the look of uh, Real Steel. Willie Mullins is um, horse for that race. Real Steel might be a good... Uh, 33s. Each, good each way bet on that one. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's a good and Riders on the Storm, just to mention him as well, won at Ascot, the Ascot chase recently, and um, yes, he beat uh, Surname, didn't he, but only because Surname came down at the last, and to be honest, I wasn't all that impressed by that performance, a lot of people are drumming that up, but it was tough ground that day, he didn't beat a lot because Surname fell, and Traffic Fluid, who also fell at the last, looked like he was getting past him, and Traffic Fluid isn't exactly a, a Gold Cup winning horse, is he? So... Um, I wasn't massively impressed by that run, but a lot of people seem to be, and, and he's not one that I'd be too keen on. Uh, and who was the last one? Who'd be your bet for the day? Uh, Frodon. Oh, um, I mean, my bet would be probably be me in my selection, I think, but Frodon is the other one to look out for. I think 6-1 to one is a big price for last year's winner. Yes, it wasn't a great race last year. I've just looked it up, and Michael O'Leary's horse that won it in 2018 was Balka de Flow. That was the name of the horse. Uh, but he doesn't go this year. So my section, I agree with you again, James, we're in agreement about quite a lot today, but I think Min is the one. And I think with an each-way bet, um, I think you'd have to go Real Steel. Was it 33 Real to 1? Real Steel at 33s, yeah. Beat Footpad in its most recent race at um, Thurler's Racecourse. So mm. that's, a, that's a great horse. Mm. That's a good horse. So, yeah, I definitely think Real Steel is definitely... It's worth an each-way punt, you know? Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think we're in agreement again. So, day four, the last day of the festival. Yes. Unlike the festival itself, we will talk about the Gold Cup last. Some other races you want to talk about first, isn't there? Yes. I think um, we should, can we mention? Can we just mention day three? Yeah. Stayers hurdle. Uh, I think we've got to mention it. Paisley Park. <laughs> You've been banging on about Paisley Park. Paisley Park <laughs> is my banker Ooh, yeah, yeah. of the week. Go um, on, explain what. what. <laughs> uh, it's a horse that always just seems to do enough, but I just think it's got it's got the quality. I think Toby would agree. Um, I don't think, I don't don't think I can really see anything beating and beating it. Although uh, I did see somebody mentioning today, I can't remember who the horse was, um, but they did like a preview show, and someone was very sure uh, that Paisley Park was going to lose to that was it Somerville Boy. Mm. Um, so you know it could be an interesting race, but for me Paisley Park has got. Paisley Park's got to be the banker of the weekend and um, he's definitely going to be in a few of my multiples <laughs> if, he's, if he's not already I'm about, well I think he's evens at the moment isn't he but I I'm think amazed. he's less than evens well now. I was amazed that he wasn't before that but uh, again this is another one like Tiger Roll where yeah. you've got to be on early if you are on because th- when the uh the everyday punters mm, they uh, do uh, slash you and they do they, what, what tends to happen is that Joe Public opens up his app on Tuesday morning <laughs> right what can I bet on for yeah. sure and then they all lump the cash on the, the uh, short price favourites and then they get even shorter so I wouldn't be surprised to see Tiger Roll going off a really short price and Paisley Park as well mm, I think yeah, one to two maybe even for, for Tiger Roll because there's going to be so many so many people who don't don't even like you said. Don't even know anything about betting. But it's a Cheltenham festival. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows Tiger Roll as well. Yeah. Everyone wants to have a. Everyone wants to have a yeah. big little gamble. And the same a, true a small of the um, Grand National as well. Yeah, we'll this is the exactly the same. same. Yeah. Um, and then just two others which we want to very briefly touch on: the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, which is on uh, on Gold Cup Day on the Friday. Time Hill. Didn't we want to say something about Time Hill? Um, do you know, I've, I've got Time Hill in one of my bets, Toby, mm. but. I, Honestly, I'm not really sure why I've put it in there. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. And Ramsey's did tie. Well, Ramsey's did tie. 
I think you've tipped that one for mm. me, and I've put it in my own, <laughs> in my own little. Maybe you should tell tell us about Ramsey's Detai twelve to one. Still quite a young uh, horse, but ran in the Grand National last year and, and ran creditably. Uh, and I just quite like him for this. I think there's uh, a few horses in, that have been thrown into this one that will be pulled out. Um, and run in other races, but he's just one that takes my fancy at 12. And Time Hill looks a, a decent shout at 92 wow. as well. And just the triumph. Time Hill's a favourite in, in that Time race. Time Hill's isn't a favourite. And speaking of favourites, in the triumph, Solo. Wow. Solo. So, Solo's last run, we've both had a look at it, haven't we? And it, I'm not really sure mm. whether he beat too much. Beat Fujimoto Flyer, um, who I think who has won um, Grade 1 events before, and he made him look silly. Um, mm. It was, a, it was a ridiculous race. He showed all the qualities of um, of a Triumph winner, and I I think it's hard to oppose Solo. Although I'm sure many people will. I think, well. I think Goshen is uh, was I think favourite for that race, and I don't know, still might be maybe. But I, I think no, I think Solo is the favourite. I think Three. Goshen's in my fact, in fact, one of my lays of the weekend. Was um, the can't jump. Um, and I think I think to win at Cheltenham, I think you need to be mm. able to, you need to be able to jump, don't you? We've we've spoke about this before. You need to be able to jump. It's the speed the speed of Goshen is ridiculous. Um, I just think over those over those jumps, I just don't I, I, I can't I can't see it winning. I think it'll probably fall to be honest with you, but that's just my mm. own take on it. So another one for the favourite backers then. <laughs> another one for the favourite backers, but you know. Before before his last race, what what was it? It was like twenty to one or something ridiculous. Mm. Same That's same with that Ramsey's to tie. Yeah, I got on at twenty twenty one to one. So uh, yeah, I feel it's, that it's looking good now, isn't it? It's looking well, good. he's a commentator's dream as well, so though, isn't he? Because there's all sorts of puns they can make about yeah. him. You know, as, be as the, the commentator Stuart Machin, no relation to Sam, <laughs> was saying that you know out there solo, going solo, all that type of stuff. So I think I think he'll be coming home in front. And so to the Gold Cup. The big one. The big one indeed. And it concerns nine this time. Uh, there may be a couple of stragglers that may or may not run, but they're not, they're not going to make an impression on this. It concerns nine horses. And we'll go through them for you uh, in the market. The favourite is Album Photo, last year's winner at 7-2. Santini, also a 7-2 chance. Delta Work, the Irish Gold Cup winner, 9-2. Lost in Translation, the Betfair Chase winner, 6-1. to one. Clandes Oboe, the King George winner, 7-1. to one. Ken Boy, last year's Irish Gold Cup winner, 7-1. to one. Presenting Percy, the former RSA Chase winner, disappointed last year. He's 11-1. to one. And then two 25-1 uh, chances, Monalee and the two-time Betfair Chase winner, Bristol Demai, who came third last year. He's also 25-1. to one. So those are the nine in contention. Where do you stand on this one? Well, I think as an each way bet, Bristol Demai not, not, might not be a bad look, you know. I'm totally with um, you there. Very overpriced. At 25. Especially finishing third last year, knows knows the race, um, knows knows a lot about it. So, I don't know who who's going to be on top of Bristol Demai? Do you know? What in, what in terms of the odds? No, in terms of the jockey. Oh, in terms of, oh, Daryl Jacob. Would it be Daryl Jacob? Yeah. yeah. So I think I think as an each way punt. If anybody's listening to this, uh, <laughs> I think Bristol Demire might be might be a good Stealing option. Stealing me there, <laughs> that one from me. What was I going to say? Well, you 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 can give some more information about it. Um, Santini, I've mentioned this one to you, and I know you're a bit more sceptical about it than me. Big old horse, and I think in this type of race, 
you might stand a good old chance. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be opposing Santini, and the reason why is because he's just won, funnily enough, the Cotswolds chase, and that's why everyone's going for him. And this happens every single year, is that horses win the Cotswolds chase, which is the biggest slog in, in three-mile racing. It's a horrible race, always running terrible conditions and the win the winner it always takes far too much out of the winner they always then enter the winner in the gold cup and it hasn't got the energy because it's too tired to go and do it happened with definitely red a couple of years ago that won it and everyone went oh brilliant horse and it is a good horse definitely I red i think definitely red just won recently i think yeah it's a good horse, that but be running at Cheltenham maybe. takes too much out of your... Not not in the Gold Cup, I don't think. No, not in for, the Gold yeah. Cup, but I think it's racing at some point in Cheltenham, so that would be one to look out for. Um, I personally can't look past album photo for this one. I know um, you can't. A sh- yes, a shock winner last year. Um, I don't think many people had him to win, um, but... I haven't seen anything this season that's going to come and beat him. I haven't seen, there's not been one performance where I've looked at it and gone, wow, that's a Gold Cup winner. Uh, and for that reason, I, I can't look past album photo. Obviously, a big blow was the loss of um, Native River to injury this season. Yeah. It's a shame that we won't be seeing him uh, involved, the, the former winner. And also, Sizing John, as well, who, who won in 2017, um, he was planning to come back and, and have another go, uh, but he's not going to be there either so that's that's a big shame because he's been lost to injury just on a couple of the other ones delta work well what was it irish gold irish gold cup irish winner? gold cup winner i think he stands a good chance to be honest with you i think it is personally for me it's between album album photo santini and delta work so it, it, i mean there's so many Only the, the front three in the market well, i mean there's a lot of horses <laughs> in this race that could win um what what would your opinion be on kenboy uh, well, Kenboy is another one that because I've been I strongly last avoiding. Year, I remember last and year. And so will talk- Sam. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Kenboy last year. Why did you bet on him last year? Did yeah, you? yeah. Fell, at the first. fell at the first, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah. Massive disappointment. You'll be opposing him then. Well, he, I will be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got some decent form, but not particularly this season. Haven't seen much from him this season that makes me go, yep, you're going to overturn the form there. If he gets round, that'll be nice for him this year, but I, d- I don't he'll, think he'll... He'll be on Kemba um, then. He'll be the jockey on Kemba. Well, it, it would have been Ruby Walsh, wouldn't it? But um, I, I honestly don't know. It'll be one of the Mullins clan um, because he is a Mullins horse. It won't be Paul Townend because he'll be on album Patrick photo. Mullins, Mullins, uh, but it might be one of the... Uh, David Mullins or one of the Mullins uh, family will be on board. Lost in translation, worth mentioning, six to one. The Betfair Chase winner, really disappointing in the King George. Yeah, um, stru- we say this, but it struggled against two fantastic horses, didn't it? Um, Which ones were they? I thought this was the one where we were watching. Where it was no, was this not the Altior thingy thingy? Altior versus surname. Which race was that? No, that was the Ascot Chase. Lost I'm not in sure. translation. Lost in translation. That, lo- uh, didn't do very well in the King George. Oh, was um, it the King? But which one was the one where he fell at, where he pulled up? Was that the? Are you getting him confused with surname? I'm no, not sure. sir, I definitely know surname. It's probably one of the best horses in the whole world. I'm not sure which one you're on about there. Lost in translation ran a poor race. Yes, he ran a poor race in the King George, uh, but the horse he lost to in the King George, which was Clandes Obo, um, oh, that was one wasn't um, yeah, yeah, yeah. is not one that tends to go over three miles. He was entered in the Gold Cup last year, Clandes Obo, seven to one shout, uh, and I was actually on him last year, uh, but he didn't stay the trip. And generally, if horses don't stay the trip, that's not something that changes. And he's a three miler. He's a fantastic three miler, but he's not a three miles two and a half horse, which is what you need to be 
in the Gold Cup. The other one, the one other one left to mention, is presenting Percy. Favourite last year, and I was a constant voice against presenting yeah, Percy. I, I felt I was the voice talking. of reason that we, year. We spoke about it last year, didn't, didn't we? I right? said I could not believe, I thought there was a mass hysteria building up around this horse that uh, won the RSA quite handily the year before, hadn't been seen since. He only ran in one hurdle race, uh, I think since um, that season so it was very limited information and people seemed to get really worked up about this horse and thought it was going to be I don't know the next Corto star or something but <laughs> it never never transpired and, and David Russell on Borneo great jockey could never actually get him in any sort of contention he was always near the back and never featured so a big disappointment for the favourite backers but personally I, I wasn't at all surprised there but uh, not again, 11 to 1 now, and not really one that I think we'd be backing. So you're going with album photo? So I'm going album photo. I know that's a bit boring, but I haven't seen anything. And just as a, a side uh, bet, would be I agree with James, Bristol Demite, 25 to 1. Looks a good shout for an each way squeak, I think. So you're both in agreement on the Gold Cup as well? Well, well I don't know. I, you? I, reckon it's, I reckon it's either Santini or Delta Work, in my opinion, mm. but that's, that's where we differ in opinion. Didn't, didn't you have a bet? that uh, was against that when you yeah, showed me earlier showed you that's only because I'm going with what Toby said from earlier <laughs> oh okay I've got one I've got one on Santini as well Del- right. Santini I cannot have because of this Cotswold Chase stuff yeah and and I'm not massively hot on the horse anyway uh, and <laughs> and Delta work um, just the, the issue is the ground I think if it's bottomless soggy ground you have to favour Delta Work again because the Irish horse's connection and he's beat apparently lost in translation is a good horse when it comes to the mm. wet ground as well so yeah, you never know you never know mm. maybe uh, it'll uh, come to fruition I, I'd like to hope we get an English winner again this year but uh, I think the Irish may well uh, have the English let's this hope year it doesn't, let's hope it doesn't rain, rain your horse off then mm. cheering <laughs> home album photo We'll see, we'll see. All right. Oh, I think we briefly mentioned them, but what is, if you had to pick one banker for the week each? How about a banker treble? If you banker like. Banker treble. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Paisley Park, Tiger Roll, and Envoy Len. That'd be my, my treble your, for the weekend. Your treble. And um, is there a standout one just in particular out of all of them? The Tiger Roll you've one. You've got to go with old Paisley, haven't you? I don't know, it's got, oh, Paisley Park won me so much money last year. Go, on, go for it. Um, nah, yeah, it's gonna have to be Paisley Park. Yeah. Paisley Park, get his head in front. It won't, it won't, it won't be flashy, but it'll do enough. And I'm going with the Tiger. Obviously, uh, I'll be opposing him for the Grand National all day, mm, and, and I'm sure we, we may well do a Grand National preview at some point, And I'll be giving you plenty of selections that will yeah, uh, be good bets to oppose him in the Grand National day. But this isn't a handicap, and when there's no handicap involved, he is the best at what he does in this race. And I'd be shocked if he didn't uh, didn't win here. And, and he is my banker. Uh, as for your, your treble suggestion. Uh, just having a think. I still think on on day one, a steering for launch is one that uh, I can really get behind, uh, and possibly even um, in the Arkle as well. This um, what's his name, Fakir Dudari as well is is another one that I really like. And again, they're fairly short prices, but uh, I wouldn't wouldn't say anything against Paisley Park either. Uh, and considering how much you've been talking about him this year, if he doesn't win, then there's going to be some uh, serious repercussions, I think. Yeah. And on the flip of that, one to avoid. One to avoid. For me, it's Kemboy. Uh, I think, and obviously this Santini as well. Yeah, both. <laughs> I can back that. Both in the Gold <laughs> Cup, we get a lot of hysteria in the Gold Cup because. 
lots of people have an anti-post bet and, and they see certain performances and they get very excited about yeah. them. And, it, Cotswold Chase is a known spoiler for the Gold Cup yeah. and one that spoils any horse that, that runs That's in it. Not. Uh, so it's it's not one for me. And, and the, that my other worry, and I, I am being a bit of a hypocrite here because I've just suggested Bristol Demite twenty five to one. He came second in the Cotswold Chase, so he's another one that's going to have tireness problems possibly. But uh, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Bristol Demite. But yeah, Kemboy is my one to oppose. You? Um, I'll give you mine. My, my would be. Uh, I'm going to go to go for Goshen in the Triumph. Um, I, I like the horse in terms of speed, but I uh, I don't think it's much of a jumper. I think at Cheltenham, um, I think it's going to get found out. I think um, you want to say something about Champ as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, again, Champ's not a great jumper either. Although, what was it you were saying to me? You gave me a statistic the other day about Champ. I can't remember what it was. It suggest it suggested to me that maybe maybe he would be the winner, and he's going to go off as favourite. But. Uh, his, his jumping's his jumping's not not great, and I think for the same reason Goshen's not going to win, mm. and he's going to be found out by Solo. <laughs> Hopefully, solo. then uh, up the Solo, yeah. Up the Solo, yeah. I think that'll be my two lays of the weekend: Champ and Goshen. All right, and well, everyone looks forward to the Gold Cup, but excluding that, what's the race you're looking most forward to watching, and even betting on? Champion Chase for me. The Champion Chase is always a great spectacle and, and it, it will be right up there. But for me, it is the cross-country. Uh, and the reason is because we don't get to see that kind of race very often at all. You know, the, the different fences, you know, the, the timber rails and the, the cheese wedges, as they're called, and all the various different fences. And it, it's a completely different race. We only see this race uh, really twice a season at the Cheltenham November meeting and at the Cheltenham uh, Festival. So yeah. only see it twice a year and it's always a great spectacle and hopefully it'll be an even greater spectacle with Tiger Roll coming home in front. <laughs> I think about that just about concludes. Any final thoughts to add to it? Uh, we just wanted to mention briefly, I think, uh, the retirement of Under So as well. A Cheltenham great. You you messaged me, didn't you, the, uh, the other morning saying, well, you know, what a shame it was. It is a huge shame. Huge shame. You know, I don't know if it had any placings at Cheltenham. Yes. It, did it have any well, entries? One, two, oh. Uh, entries this year, sorry. Entries this year, I think it entered for the Champion Chase. Was it entered year, for the Champion Chase? A, a true a true great of Irish racing um, and won the Arkle in 2015 and won the Ryanair Chase in 2017, so a two-time Cheltenham winner. And if it hadn't have been for Sprinter Sacra, one of the greats of the game, then he would have won a champion chase as well because he was much the better uh, horse and just ran into one that year. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think one a ridiculous win rate didn't he have as well? Something like two thirds of all his races he won, uh, and was only ever beaten by Sprinter Sacra and Altior over two miles, which is I testament mean, to, yeah, to how good he is. Hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, yeah, enjoy retirement. Absolutely, and and it's it's really nice to see these old stalwarts get to retirement as well and, and they're always well looked after you know these these greats we don't like to see horses run when they're past their best or they're injured or whatever and, and then bad things tend to happen to them so it's nice to see that he's being retired uh before, while he's still before something yeah. like that does happen yeah exactly and you see i always like it you get parades at cheltenham as well and i think recently they had a parade and hardy eustace was brought out it was the 2005 champion hurdle winner and 2004 as well um uh, you know i think about 25 years old now 30 years old there's there's horses that have uh, brought out in these parades that have uh, won races in the 80s that are still going so that's great to see as well that's good for the sport all right that brings the conclusion of the podcast good luck with your best boys we'll see you um 
how they come along in another podcast coming up, I'm sure. Sweet. And uh, awesome. thanks for coming on, James. No worries. Thank you How's for you, having Toby? me. Cheers. So that concludes the big horse racing segment of the podcast. Now it's going to be more of just a, the newsy update. We'll have Dan Stat because he's back. We've uh, I made a return again. Yeah, we've just swapped out hosts. James so, has just departed us uh, for Dan. I think this was a 60th minute Maurizio Sarri Kovacic <laughs> and I'm still, substitution. I'm still here as well. Yeah, we've got the fitness yeah. to go the whole way. Chris Gunter's legs I've got. <laughs> definitely, it's quality. Um, so we'll jump straight in with the darts. I think it's... Best if you talk about it first, though, because you probably know the most about the first nine data in two years in the in the Premier, Premier League, League yes, on TV. And the first nine data on TV in any tournament for over a year as well since Gary Anderson uh, last year. Uh, really, really uh, amazing achievement from Michael Smith of all people. Yeah, we were shocked, weren't we? Well, we were, and I was particularly shocked. I think because I think we were actually doing a pub quiz at the time. Yeah. We? we were sat there, and you said to me, "There's been a nine data." Yeah, and I said. Uh, tell me who it is but I was thinking in my mind who's it going to be and thinking uh, and if you'd have told me of the nine players in the Premier League I think Michael Smith would have been the last player I would have guessed would have hit it Uh, probably would have hit eight of the nine but wouldn't have been able to hit that double 12 and as it turned out um, he did hit it and it was Michael Smith and and full credit to him that's uh, I think there's a uh, some sort of contractual thing where in the Premier League if you can hit two nine darters in the same season um, then you win a £50,000 bonus. Um, so I Well worth doing, exactly. So Michael's only one away from that. But as I say, the last nine data was Adrian Lewis back in the 2017 one. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I watched it that day. I think that was one of the first uh, Premier Leagues I watched, and, or nights I watched, and that was that was sort of got me hooked, uh, that particular one. And yeah, really, really impressive. Yeah, so it was against Daryl Gurney. I think we're probably all in agreement here. He's once again showing glimpses of that potential that he has, Michael Smith, but it's failed to live up to so far. But he's still young. Yeah, he's, he's still young. He's at so many Masters finals he's flopped in now, yeah. and and uh, major finals, and and that yeah, that Masters final recently was just a classic example. You know, had the darts to win it and, and bottled it again. So it, it isn't just a mentality issue with him. He's certainly got the talent. And uh, the other issue I have with him at the moment is he's you know obviously this nine darts is fantastic, but in all his post match interviews he's been talking about. Um, only oh I only need so many more points to avoid relegation and I only need so many more points all I'm focused on is avoiding relegation wrong it's like mentality. completely the wrong mentality yeah and we're only on week four and he's already <laughs> talking about oh can can I avoid relegate and bear in mind only the bottom person out of the nine gets relegated halfway through so it's not yeah. oh desperate you know and and Michael Smith is still the number five player in the world you know Glenn Durrant is the world number 33 and he's not talking about relegation you know so it, it, he needs a better mentality He's a Premier League finalist. He's a multi-major finalist. He got to the World Match Play final last year, the World Final only a couple of years ago. He shouldn't be talking like, uh, "Oh, can I avoid relegation?" You know, it should be, "Can I win it?" and "Can I get in the playoffs?" Yeah. Well, that concludes it for us. There's only a small bit of passing news. We're going to go back to what we tend to talk about almost every week at this point: <laughs> the boxing. Yeah. Um, Fury's come out with some comments about his potential next two fights, hasn't he, Dan? If you wanna. Yeah, so I think it was on this morning, uh, the TV show. Yeah, he done it. Of all places. Well, it's where yeah. he done his big interview since coming back. and Holly and well, I'll let you go into it and then I'll give a bit more context. But yeah, he sat down on the couch with um, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. And basically said he's got two more fights and he's going to hang up, hang up his gloves regardless. 
third match with Wilder and then he claims he'll see off Joshua with ease and then head off into the sunset. So the Wild, Wilder one's almost all but confirmed other than uh, in name. Uh, which will be roughly July and they're looking yeah. at the Joshua Fury fight to be at the end of the year in December. Now I, want, I will just say one of the reasons he's come out and said this is more to do with his history of depression as such because he was saying on that same interview that it does take about four to six weeks to get back to normal life after a fight that highs a bit, training and then easing back to family life and he doesn't want to do that anymore, particularly with his kids and everything. Mm. But you could really see when he come back from Manchester Airport, the look on his face, he just... There's just no energy he, there. Like he's he just, I know he's just been on a big long-haul flight and he's probably tired, jet-lagged, whatever. But, but barely a smile. He looked devastated he just had a look on him of the, the depression was hitting him again and you can really see that see I would have said the opposite would have been true obviously it's not because he said that but uh, I thought or I always had him down as a Floyd Mayweather type character that would get really bored if he wasn't and he didn't have that direction in his life and, and boxing provides people with a target to work towards and then an event and then another target and that's what Floyd Mayweather misses uh, and, and that's why he's sort of come out of retirement and done bits and pieces and Paul weren't he the other week yeah. brought his jet down to yeah. Yeah. Last Thursday, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just thought Fury would be would be similar. I wonder what what he'll do with himself when he's um, when he's finished uh, boxing. But it looks like he's he's finally ready to retire. It's a shame because he's got massive potential still ahead of him. I know he's in his ending days of his career, but he could really show the world that he's been one of the bright best British boxers there has been not necessarily the best but do you think even though he's going to retire from boxing I still think he'll be involved in the fighting industry 100 because he has said that what helps him through his depression what you were saying is that routine of boxing Mm. it's just that he doesn't like the whole build up to the fight the training camps being away from his family but the routine of boxing is what keeps him sane as he usually puts it and having that goal to work towards but it is understandable they always do say that once people do hit their targets there's always that kind of depression but if you've had a history of depression that's really going to hit you a lot he's, he's got harder. family involved in the sport as well hasn't he so mm. he might, he's got um is huey his brother or his cousin his I'm not cousin sure. his and obviously tommy, tommy as well yeah. um so uh whether whether tommy actually uh remains in in, in the boxing industry, that's probably quite a lucrative reality tv career on the table for him as well so that'll be interesting to, to find the which, two i think yeah he's, possibly he's trying to the do. two yeah which which direction he takes it in but um Either way, somebody who's, who's very popular in, in both. Uh, and obviously Huey is a rising star as well, isn't he? So you wouldn't be surprised to see Tyson get involved with either one of those or perhaps both. I do feel for Tyson a bit because obviously nowhere near on the level he gets in terms of depression. But I get that sort of sense of once I've achieved something, it's very hard to kick on and keep maintaining that. And now that he's a two-time world champion, he's got back to that level of being at the top of his game. He's beaten supposedly the best heavyweight there's not really a lot for him to do and I can I can sort of see why he's getting a bit down about it because it can be depressing it's kind of like you're at the top now what do I do they say it for everyone even when people make it in their career there's all that work towards it and then there's just nothing yeah um is that what happened a little bit last time do you mm. think um obviously when he when he beat Klitschko yeah no that is one yeah. you you've what you've done everything you set out to achieve and it's now mm. kind of a process of oh what now it happens across the board from everyone, but just when you've had that history of it before, it really sets you off the rails from... Yeah, and he called it anticlimactic, winning world title fights. Yeah, because everything's building up to it. 
well, nothing can top what your build-up is, like because that's it. That's your pinnacle of everything. So once you get there, you're like, oh, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. I think it's why some people turn to drugs, isn't it, as well? And that's and obviously he's he's been very open about um, drug battles that he's had and um, what's happened there. But trying to maintain that high. Yeah, you, I don't think you, you either of you saw that documentary a while ago about Amy Winehouse, um, uh, which was called Amy. Talking all about, obviously she she battled um, with with drug uh, difficulties, and she said that there was a famous line when she uh, one of her friends was talking and said that when Amy Winehouse won at the Brit Awards, won I think it was best song, best album or something, and everyone was going absolutely mad. You know, it's young twenty uh, something, you know, who'd won this amazing award, mm. and Amy Winehouse was completely flat about the whole thing and just said to one of her friends when they when she won it, this this doesn't compare to being on drugs you know this isn't you know it doesn't compare to, to what I was doing um, and it's it's unfortunate that those you know when when you get into that mentality those moments can't mean the same whereas we all think you know if you become world heavyweight champion you'd be absolutely ecstatic when you people are clapping you into the airport but yeah. it's it's all about yeah and I think I think I, I'm not Tyson's biggest fan but I have uh, a lot of respect for him for what he's done in, in regards to mental health and raising awareness and also you know he's, as I say he's been very open and honest about his battles with mental health and, and with drugs as well and, and uh, full credit to him Yeah it's really helped a lot of people from what you see across social media and Twitter the fight though that so that kind of uh, we spoke about last podcast and previewed which kind of ties in the Fury one because it's all about that was the Joseph Parker fight Yeah, he, I don't know if you watched it he I went out it, I, I didn't watch it live I watched it back good win he went out in the sixth round, got an easy knockout, nothing more than he should have. But um, back in back in the fold, I reckon now for potential. Well, that's what he wants to do. But the thing is, who does he fight? Because the top, top in I terms of Josh, White, Joshua White's and busy. Fury are going to fight each other. We'll talk about White in a second. He's already fought Ruiz and beaten him before. Yeah. He's obviously already fought Joshua actually. Perhaps a potential bout with Pulev later on in the year or Usyk, someone like that. But yeah, White would be the perfect. But they fought before as well, haven't they? White's beaten him. Yeah, White beat him, I think it was a year ago. So it was on an undercard, I think, as The well. only people he hasn't had a crack at is Fury and Wilder. So Wilder, they're I mean, above him. Does he deserve him. a fight against them? Probably not, to be honest. There's not no real... Like, there's no... Like, with Conor McGregor, you get this sort of awe of a guy with loads of people behind him getting that, like... Oh, and perfection, of course, because he dropped out of the Saudi Arabia yeah. fight because yeah, of illness. So, or even fighting Michael Hunter, who's, who fought Povetkin and that. Mm. Could Maybe be good. someone like Usyk. Yeah, so that's what I think. Usyk, one of uh, Joshua's potential uh, he's belts, what, he's his man, contenders. Yeah. yeah, I think that could be a good fight because I'd put um, Parker in the category below the likes of White. Joshua. He has a, quite a high ma- uh, percentage of knockouts. Uh, to fight so far. Yeah, he's, he's a good fighter, but I think mm. he's not the top level fighter. No, I think he's underrated. I think a lot of it. He's, you're right, he's not on the top he level. He's done well against Joshua. I, I agree did with very you. well against he's Joshua. Taken all the way. Um, although whether Joshua is slightly overrated is, is another mm. matter entirely, isn't it? But I think. I've been saying it for years, but. Yeah, he now did, people. Uh, he did very well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He did very well against Joshua. Um, and uh, yeah, I've always rated you. Make, you raise an interesting point because you said he's probably just below white, in your opinion. I'd like. Yeah. To yeah. see that happen and see uh, which one. Because what? Because what's really yeah to fight him, again? Yeah, yeah. If he fought again now, it'd be a, it'd be a good mm. fight. I think. I think that in terms of ability, they are very close. And I think mm. if Dillian White wins it again, then I think Dillian White deserves to be in that 
top category, and then Joshua, not Joshua, uh, Parker, is just sat in just behind. Probably, I'd say Ruiz and uh, Parker are just below that top brass. Ruiz shouldn't be there though. He's had one fight. I know, one although fight, it was yeah. against Joshua, and before that he was forty-six. I don't think. <laughs> I think he's still below. He's still unproven. True, but it's to show that he's that level, to show it's not just a fluke. Sort of level mm. to see how we do. But if you can go forty, that. if you can go twenty-four rounds against Anthony Joshua yeah. and not get knocked out, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I'd just True. like to see him kind of fight someone around that level to prove that he's Wilder could be a good win. fight in the future because he's lost to Parker, hasn't he, before Ruiz? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. That's Ruiz's only loss before yeah. Joshua, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. We mentioned White there. He's fighting Povetkin later this year. I think that'd be a pretty good fight, actually. White's coming. Very unfortunate he's in this time where Wilder, Fury and Joshua have got this big triangle of fights that they're uh, yeah. involved with because he really deserves a crack at the top but he looks like he's not going to get one until at least 2021. It didn't help. And it might be late 2021. When, um, I can't remember which board it was, claimed he was doping and then yeah. it turns out he wasn't and then all of a sudden he just got shifted back two years and his... Uh, plan for fighting them for a world title and unfortunately with his age he's only a few years younger than Joshua and Wild 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 Fury sorry like he's 20 no he is 31 yeah I was going to say he's 29 but he's 31 um, I thought this is made the same mistake the other day so I know so he's not exactly got too much time on his hands and British boxing is at this weird level he's got a load of heavyweights there at the top of the game but they're all ageing out of it and then we've got a couple of prodigies coming through in Dubois, Dubois and Joyce. Yeah, who well, are obviously do, both well, fighting each other as well. Like which <laughs> you think he's a youngster because he's not had that many pro fights, but he's I think he's actually older than Tyson. But Michael Hunter looks like he could be a good fighter if he uh, learns to calm it down a bit. Yeah, true, true, true. But I'd he's love American. to see Dubois against some of these uh, as well. You know, I think Dubois against Joshua could be a fantastic. That yeah, I think past Joyce, yeah. I think we're not we very good for marketing. I think that's the only thing that's holding him back. No, I think Dubois Joyce is going to be a big fight. I think he'll probably have a maybe the fight against Parker would be good for him. And then I won't, mm. by the time that turns around, you're looking at 2021 late, and potentially by then that a fight with Joshua would be adequate for him. Who was that Chaz Witherspoon that Usyk fight fight uh, four months ago? Like, I'm not the one. This way you need Adam in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name popped up the other day for a second. I can't remember what it was. I was wondering whether it might have been related to um, sort of like a Dubai Joyce thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I don't know. But the other confirmed Answers fight is on a postcard, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. PO box. But yeah, the other confirmed fight that has been announced has been a lot of fights announced since last podcast or rumours is the Pulev AJ one as official confirmation for the 20th of June at the Tottenham Hot Spurs ground. I might try and go into that. I think it'd be great in their large stands as an atmosphere, but yeah, going to fights like that live are a bit rubbish because you can't see anything. Mm. No, mm. It's just a small space, that ring. Like, the ring's probably about the size of this room, isn't it? Maybe a tiny bit bigger? Yeah, it's not big. Yeah, it's A little bit bigger than that, yeah. Yeah, but, um, that, yeah I agree. It's always difficult for, with these massive venues, but... Um, as, as you mentioned, Adam, he seems pretty happy about it that uh, his club are getting the uh, <coughs> getting the name recognition, and obviously it's an amazing stadium to play football in. I'm sure it'd be even better when there's boxing involved. Uh, next story we're rolling into is a bit of hockey. We mentioned the injury to Sam Ward. He sustained it was in December now when he got hit in the Awful eye injuries. Uh, eye socket. Um, Shattered like seven bones or something around his eye. 
Yeah, he, he's come out and said he'll never be able to see like properly again. But he, uh, I think he wants to get back into the sport, so I'm not too sure what avenue that goes he's, down. He played though, didn't he recently? Yeah, he, he scored well, as well. His aim says he wants to go into the Team GB st- team still. I mean, uh, if he can, why not? That should be a great comeback story. Doesn't look like we'll have one that'll be playing any games this summer at the way we're going with the coronavirus. I anticipate that the Olympics will be called off at the very least. Um, I'd, I'd be I'd, surprised if they weren't. Yeah, I'm just about to say that. I think that and the Euros are... I'm waiting for just a ban on the big... Even like football matches like France have got the 5,000 people meeting. That's pretty much every game above League 2, and even quite a few League 2 games. Mm. So football's out the window and just about most sports out there. And the broadcasters will be panicking, won't they? Because yeah. they'll have lost um, their all, all their TV stuff for the summer. They'll be scrambling to find... Uh, it'll probably be repeats of Homes Under the Hammer or something, but they'll be <laughs> scrambling for stuff to find to show uh, for the two months or whatever that the Euros and the Olympics yeah. would have covered worth the programming. And pa- Paralympics as well. Sports podcast yeah. On Radio 1 <laughs> and they're running out of Radio 5 Live. As I say, this is very much a passing tribute to all these news stories. The last one's a bit of a funnier story. Uh, the Plankin record was beaten this week by a, well, the last week, the 62 year old former Marine at. Eight hours, fifteen minutes, fifteen seconds. Did it on a beach as well, didn't he? Uh, I'm not too sure. So yeah. Well, I don't know where it, where it was, but I just remember thinking eight hours of just like in that position. Surely in in eight hours I get hungry when I'm just sat down. Like, how does he? Yeah. Does he like, get maintain? Does he get fed? He must have, well, like, have must a straw or something. <laughs> so all comes along. Yeah, because supplies like, and water. I could sit here for six hours and I will probably need to go and get food at least twice. So I don't know how he's managed. And goes to the toilet. Yeah. True. Oh yeah. Especially if you're drinking, just pissed and starting not to look well, yeah, sound very nice. It doesn't sound very nice anyway. Yeah. Just blank. <laughs> what if you need a number two? If you, there's no bucket because his ass is up. How long do you think you could do it for if you had to? Planking. Yeah. Um, I was doing it in the gym a few weeks ago. If I, I said three minutes. <laughs> all right. If, I was going to say uh, if we said we'll we'll pay you hundred thousand pounds for every minute that you did. Yeah. You reckon you could get to three? No, no, I reckon maybe five. Five minutes. Five at best, and, and I would be shaking like a leaf. And this guy did, what was it, eight hours? Yeah. 20 minutes or something. Like 62 yeah. years old yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. probably spent 62 years training for it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> true. It, it was being a Marine, which might have been training for someone else, but... <laughs> yeah, true. Marines I think, are, they are machines. I think with my twig arms, you'd be lucky to get 10 seconds. <laughs> nah, I, de- I definitely do more than ten seconds, but I reckon you get a minute at least. Don't know. Haven't tried. It's all these, yeah. It's all these endurance things, isn't it? Where people put themselves in stress positions and things. But don't really achieve much, does it? It's not like he's no. now got a million pounds for doing so. No, it's always like this. He's ma- just got a plaque on the wall. It's the equivalent of this man versus food type stuff, isn't it? Where it's like people eat, you know, a gigantic burger the size of a tyre, and then they go, <laughs> and it's like, well, well done, you've well, eaten I've a got burger. Diabetes. Yeah. So what? You know? Did you see the ten-year-old um, girl that did that like? Yoga Careful ball roll thing where she, uh, she what was it forward roll and did like sixty two times in a minute. I just don't don't get the point of these. And it was like in a certain yoga position where her hands were up or her legs were behind her head. And I was just sat there watching the video thinking, who just thought one day when they got out of bed, do you know what I could do? I could break a world <laughs> record for the amount of forward rolls in a certain yoga position. It's like it's not really that good an achievement, is it? Right, Dan, there's a reason we've really brought you on. <laughs> it's for your yeah. stat. We all want it. Yeah, so you're going to get it. I what is two it? Today. Is it an American one? 
One is an American sportsman. <laughs> yeah. Golf. Yeah, go on, go on. We were a bit pushed for time. Uh, and it's Tiger Woods once made 142 straight cuts, beating Jack Nicholas by 37 of making... You know what the cut is, don't you? Look, I was about to say, look, yeah. <laughs> you can see my face looking at the black idea. I have no idea about the golf. Yeah, and the fir- first, after the first two round, days. oh, it's first two, is yeah. it? Um, yeah, whoever's... Is it the top 20 or the top 25 or something? They, yeah, they like make the top, the however many they've got yeah. in the competition, they like oh, okay. cut, literally cut out the players that just aren't doing... Mm. What, they well. half it or something? Yeah, kind of. So then it, I think it just means there's a bit more space yeah, between yeah. the players. Right, anyway, now, I'm, now we're on the same page. <laughs> him, and, and, him and Phil Mickelson, they're the two great consistents, aren't they? Because I think Phil Mickelson hadn't even in the top 50 uh, ranked for something like 25 years or something ridiculous until yeah, very recently. He was, he's... One of those long-term players. Lefty, as they call him. Mm. Yeah, he is. Um, but that current record by Tiger Woods of 142, there is uh, no player that's currently playing uh, anywhere near that score at the moment. He's over 100 better than any other player <laughs> that's currently playing out on the field, which is a mad one. And then the phrase about hands down, do you know where that originates from? Relates hands to down. What, in, in terms of... He's going to win hands down. Yeah. Nope. Or like hands down. Just, I've got, well, I'm guessing it's something to do with originates from some sport. Yeah, it's to do with horse racing. It refers to uh, oh, is it, a well, jockey who won a race without whipping his horse or pulling back the reins. Oh, right. Well, horse races found that something. There I go, learned something. That's, very that's a good stat. Good this stat, is why we have you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. I do have a value. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the final segment of the show is my niche sport. This one, I thought, I thought I'd stick with the boxing theme a little bit. I've gone for chess boxing. <laughs> I've heard this, actually. Isn't it like... Oh, I don't know how it works. Well, you play chess, but then you get to punch each other. Yeah, originally, it was made up as a... I assume for like some kind of TV show. A, a French comic originally made this up. Um, Iniki Belau. I think I've actually pronounced that one right. Um, but there's a... So the yeah the way it works is that you play alternative rounds of boxing and chess, which is quite ironic. So is it like round one would be boxing, and round two would be yeah. Chess? Imagine you take a big hit to the head and then you got to play chess <laughs> the next round. Yeah, you get smacked right yeah. on the chin. You're dazed and then it's like you'll turn to checkmate. Yeah, <laughs> give move your queen. I'd say if you can win the boxing round, you've probably got a pretty good uh, chance of winning That's the next round of is. chess. Is it that popular? Um, I don't think so, but it was it was made as um, a, into a somewhat competitive sport. It was only founded in two thousand and three, which is where well as a competitive sport, which was in uh, Berlin. The thing is, the people you'd associate to do boxing, the people you associate to do chess, are chalk and cheese. Like, they're just the people exactly. who play chess don't usually have that enthusiasm for fighting, do they? It's like asking someone who listens to hip hop. Uh, ask what else they like, and they like listening. To, uh, they like playing with Barbie dolls. <laughs> Some analogy that Dan's quote of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I assume they have to take the boxing gloves on. It might off. It might be a bit hard otherwise. But for the heavyweights, yeah. they're big hands getting on the chessboard. <laughs> it's the same as like a rugby player. Do they have to use their gl- to keep the gloves on. No, well? I would say they, are, they almost definitely have to take them off because you're just be like, knocking everything over. Yeah, I was going to say like that must be the quickest game of chess because you just knock your own king over and lose. <laughs> yeah. Right, that concludes what has been an extended podcast this week. Um, it's been a good one. It's good for having you on Toby and Dan for replacing James. Thank you. We'll be back next week once again, and we'll probably have a little bit of a roundup, whether you're on or not, uh, of Cheltenham, just to 
see how your bets played out and if it's even worse listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is, it is. It always is, even if it's just for Dan's stat. But uh, we'll see you next week.